Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 114 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. How Retailers Can Raise Prices Confidently. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Well, today's episode is probably going to be a little bit longer than usual, but next week's episode is fun and super short, so I feel good about this one being longer. This one is important, and I'm going to skip any fluff, although I don't think I normally do much fluff, and I'm just going to dig right in. So one of my values for Savvy Shopkeeper is to empower shopkeepers, especially women, to pay themselves, to charge what they're worth, to kick fear to the curb when it comes to raising prices. And if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning or even just binged some of it recently, you probably know this already. Yet in some ways, I wasn't doing this myself. I try to be as transparent as possible on this podcast. I share wins. I share losses. I share plenty of mistakes and lessons learned. I am not the hero here. Hopefully, I don't come across like the hero. I like to view myself as your guide. And I want you to know that many things you experience, I experience too. Women generally genuinely want to help and be good to people. That's in quotations, good to people. And we think helping is keeping our prices low. Or equally as bad, we want everyone to like us, our products and our stores, our online shops, whatever it is that we do, we're just people pleasers. We tend to make helping and or people pleasing the priority over ourselves and our businesses. I know this. I talk about it. I coach shopkeepers through this. But in one area of my business, I didn't want to admit I was doing this myself. More on that in a bit, of course. The one thing that I do want to talk about before I get started on this episode and before I share the rest of my story is that we all see inflation on the horizon. Actually, we're probably past the horizon. We all see this now in our personal lives, right? We're paying more for products, more for services, more for things that we used to order online, in person, in stores, regularly. And this has all happened since the pandemic hit. We're all seeing it. I don't know of anyone who isn't seeing it. And as retailers, we can't hide from this. It's reality. The more we hide, the more we risk hurting our businesses. So let's go ahead and get started on this episode. First, I want to start off by sharing some signs that indicate you may want to raise your prices. And the emphasis is on the word want, because I never want to tell anyone that they need to do something, that they should do something. That's for you to determine. If you're happy with your pricing, if you're happy with your margins and your overall profit, this episode most likely won't apply to you. And that is fantastic. But if you struggle here, definitely keep listening. 
Actually, either way, keep listening. (laughs) Okay, so the first one that I want to talk about are signs that you may want to raise your prices with services. So one, you feel resentment. Most likely it's against the customer who booked the service. That's who you feel the resentment towards. It doesn't mean that they deserve it, but you feel some sort of resentment for all the people or some or many of the customers who are booking a particular service with you. Number two is the service feels exhausting and you're wondering why you keep offering it. Number three is you know you're taking a loss on the service or it isn't a high enough margin to make it worth your time or effort, and you're simply afraid to do anything about it. So if you're listening to this, some of you might be listening to this and thinking, well, duh, Kathy, this is a no-brainer. But the brain is an incredible organism. And if this is happening to you, what happens is the brain disguises what is really going on. Our brain, our thoughts, It will add layers of guilt or fear, and we're so consumed with these thoughts that we may not see that the simple solution is raising prices, something as simple as that. We just don't see it. We're kind of stuck. We get stuck in these ruts or stuck in this like negative thinking or stuck in the the layers of guilt and the fear, and that's what actually keeps us from moving forward or seeing some of the solutions or what could help in these situations. So that was about services. The signs where maybe you want to raise prices on products, number one is you have a low gross profit margin. If it's under 50% as a retailer, you definitely want to consider raising prices. Number two is your business is drowning or consistently shows a net loss. Number three, you might show a small overall net profit, but you aren't paying yourself or you aren't paying yourself yet, and the business is exhausting you, and you're resenting the business. So kind of similar with the situation when you're offering services, sometimes you resent the customer who's booking the service. In this situation, you're resenting your business. So if any of these apply to you, I want to share some tips today to help you raise prices. So I think I have, let me go through my notes here. I have six tips. The first tip is, this won't surprise you, work on your mindset. If your thoughts are keeping you from raising prices, like I mentioned above, then you're going to want to work on your mindset first. You're going to want to work on shifting your thoughts from guilt and fear to empowerment and strength. This is something I often do in one-on-one coaching because as I mentioned before, our brains can be extremely stubborn. And breaking program thinking takes time and effort, but trust me, it's worth it. Start to journal, start to write things down that will get you to shift the way you're thinking about your pricing and that will get you shift shifting in thinking how you will react or what you'll do when you move forward in raising prices. Empower yourself to feel that it is okay, to think that it is okay. And it is, it's more than okay. Tip number two is to gradually increase prices. So depending on your situation, you can slowly increase pricing. Now, of course, this is going to depend on your situation if you have the time to do this, but it is an option. And I think what happens is a lot of retailers tend to panic like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, you know, raise my prices from X amount to X amount. That's just way too much. So let's just slow down and maybe instead of 
keystone pricing everything in your store. This is you multiplying the cost of your products by two. So you buy something for 10, you sell it for 20. If you're out there just blanket keystone pricing everything in your store, maybe consider increasing it by 2.2 or 2.3. Take that $2 and multiply it by 2.2 or 2.3. I'm speaking super simple math here. I don't even want to get into formulas or margins or anything like that. Just consider raising them slowly. It will feel less scary. I did this in my own store in the first few years because I was learning And then I realized our gross profit margin was extremely important and it needed to increase if we wanted to pay ourselves, if we wanted to profit, if we wanted to have an emergency fund and a reserve account. We started doing this again probably recently over the past two years. It's important to add that we didn't announce this we, and we never heard anything from our customers. So don't feel the need to like blast it out there everywhere or to overcompensate, which I think I'll talk about soon too. Tip number three is to increase pricing strategically. It doesn't have to be a blanket increase. So if you're a member of the lab or Master Shopkeepers and you've watched any of my lessons on inventory categories and or inventory turnover, you know that data is extremely valuable. Do an analysis of your inventory information and your profit and loss statement, but particularly your inventory management system information and determine which categories or even products make sense for increasing prices. Again, you don't have to increase prices on everything. Maybe there's a category in your store that you feel really good about. It's priced well. It's not flying off the shelf, so you don't feel like you have to raise the prices there. But maybe there are other things that sell super fast and you know the demand is there and maybe two or three of your categories are worth raising prices in. Tip number four is handle price increases gracefully. I kind of touched on this already, but many shopkeepers will panic here and feel that they have to make big announcements. But I'm a firm believer that what we dramatize, I don't even know if that's a word, what we dramatize, our customers will dramatize. (laughs) Don't feel the need to make big announcements. Now, this can vary depending on your industry and business type. So for example, I have a client who is a hair salon owner, and she does prefer to send one email to all of her clients, her full client list, informing them that she's raising her prices. This is what feels good to her, and this is what she wants to do. Again, she doesn't make a big deal about about it, but it is important for her to inform her customers. This is much different than a panic announcement or an apologetic announcement. Apologies are meant for situations where we did something wrong. We run businesses and raising prices is part of doing business. This is not something that is done maliciously and we don't do it to hurt our customers. So an apology simply isn't necessary. Tip number five is to be strong and firm. By no means am I suggesting that you need to be a jerk about it if a customer inquires and notices that your prices have increased. However, I want you to be prepared to answer in a strong and firm manner. Maybe you can say you were competitively priced for years, but because of chain supply issues and all of the surcharges that we've incurred, price increases were required, period. Simple as that. And what happens is we normally want to fill the air up with additional explanations and apologies 
But, you know, maybe practice this in front of a mirror. Maybe practice this with a, a, a partner, a business partner, a spouse, a friend, a business bestie. Do not apologize for this. This can open the door for negotiation or for what the customer feels like, you know, maybe negotiation or a conversation that you just don't want to have because there's so many times where I hear other shopkeepers say that everyone wants to give them advice on their business. And if you don't want the advice, don't open the conversation up for it. Tip number six is acknowledge your value. You and your business are worth it. Money is value. I'm going to say this one more time. Money is value. You create money in your business by creating value. I want to say this again because some of you are going to get stuck on this. You create money in your business by creating value. Value is provided beyond the actual products you sell and through the services you provide. And I think oftentimes retail store owners focus on the products and only the products. Like that's the only thing that's of value in our stores, but there's so much more that's valuable. So I'm gonna list some things that you may not realize, tangible, intangible. The ambiance in your store has value. The excellence in terms of the touches of customer service you provide have value. The kind conversations and the safe space you give your customers. Maybe the fun environment you create. If you're a super fun store, if you're a candy store and the kids come in or a toy store and they love it, that has value. The beautiful branding in your store. There are some of you who that alone is a gorgeous experience for someone who walks in and appreciates it. That has value. Last but not least, your level of expertise and professional advice. We all have this, even if you don't provide a service, and this can be hard to see for product-only businesses. But all of this, everything I just mentioned, matters. It has value. Stop researching online for the products you sell and pricing looking for pricing that other people are selling it for so that you can compete. So many of our customers don't bargain hunt and they see the value in shopping small. Amazon or Walmart can't touch me. (laughs) I'm gonna make a meme (laughs) with this. Amazon or Walmart can't touch me and they can't touch you. They can never be us because of all of the things I just listed. And on a side note, for the furniture flippers, Because I relate to you, I know so many of you often feel guilty for charging 5 to 10x for furniture that you grabbed from curbside, that you garbage picked, that you thrifted at a super low price. You feel guilty for raising your prices that much, but do not discount your effort, time, and talent. Again, this all has value too. If you were to track your time, Give yourself an hourly rate of $50 an hour, minimum, you should be doing this as a furniture painter. You'll see what the price really should be on that piece of furniture that you're selling. So please, please stop this. Do not feel guilty for putting value and effort in your expertise and giving love to those furniture pieces. Don't discount that. Okay, I'm going to get off my rant here. This also leads me to a conversation we had in the shopkeepers lab recently. 
So if you're a bit of a frugal Franny, sorry if your name is Fran or Franny, (laughs) I do not mean to insult you, and you think people won't buy if you raise your prices or they won't pay for shipping because you don't pay for shipping and you're always looking for the bargains, then listen to what this lab group member said, who is, by the way, a maker. She hand makes her products. She is not a brick and mortar store owner. Yes, we have lots of makers in our group. We have a wide variety of shopkeepers in our memberships. But she said, once I realize that I am not my customer, pricing has become much easier. It always surprises me what people are willing to pay, not for just the item, but also shipping, especially overseas where they'll often pay two times as much in shipping what the price of the item is. And this was this was shared by Abby, who's the owner of Abby Kate Home. Of course, we'll link her website in the show notes. It's abbykatehome.com, A-B-B-Y-K-A-T-E home.com, abbykatehome.com. And then she followed up with another, when I asked her if I could share that quote on this podcast episode, she followed up with another statement, which I also think is important. She said, it was a very important lesson for me to learn. It also helped me to take the emotion out of pricing. That's hard as a maker. We want everyone to like our stuff, but if we actually take the time to identify our ideal customer, which is so important in all aspects from product development to pricing to advertising, we realize we aren't for everyone and that's actually the point. And it was so well said. That is the point. (laughs) You want to go ahead and weed out the customers who aren't your ideal customer and that's okay. Not everyone has to like us. And some people love us and that that will be shown through how quickly some of your inventory turns. So all of that... To, to kind of lead into my own personal story on pricing, acknowledging my value and trying to be quote unquote helpful is something I personally had to work on. I've always had to work on it since I started, especially since I started Savvy Shopkeeper. So I recently raised the price and the time commitment for the Shopkeeper's Lab membership, and it was a strong raise in price. This was way overdue. I said I was going to be transparent, and here it is. So this is what I was doing. I was doing myself and everyone else a disservice by setting the price for the lab membership ridiculously low. But if you got in at the low price, I'm not hating on you. I'm actually clapping my hands for you. Good for you. You trusted me. You joined. You've, you've participated. You've appreciated everything that I've done, and I appreciate you. The price was low, so the perceived value was low. The lab is actually worth, and everything in it is probably worth thousands of dollars. Seriously, thousands. Particularly if you're in the first three years of business. And if you haven't opened yet and you want to open a brick and mortar store, that's definitely a resource you want to get into. But don't get me wrong, again, there are members in the lab with many years of experience who appreciate it and get value out of it too. Because the lab was priced so low, I wasn't really helping with accountability. I made it easy for people to not show up. If there's no or little skin in the game, then why bother going through the lab and and watching and reading the lessons, grabbing the downloads, filling in the worksheets, doing the work? 
If I were to compare this to a retail store, this is why ticketed events at stores are effective. Because if somebody pays for their ticket to attend an event or attend a workshop at your store, don't they show up? They definitely show up over an event that's free. The other thing that this did is it caused me to play small. I was afraid to share the true value of the lab because I knew it was underpriced and I was afraid people would take advantage of it. Yet people were still taking advantage of it. How ironic is that? Actually, it's not ironic at all. I had big brands trying to join for market research and I won't share who they were. I had people joining to binge the content and they would binge it in a month and then leave. With this, I want to add that I have lab members who do show up. I just said this, but I want to say it again because it's important. Who take in the content, who do the work, who appreciate what I do, who take their businesses and their investment in the lab seriously. The same with some of your customers, especially if you provide services. There are customers who have appreciated everything you've done, who have appreciated your pricing, who have appreciated your level of expertise. I'm grateful for the the lab members that are in now, and I'm sure you're grateful for those customers too. But I'm sharing all of this with you so you can see what low pricing can do or what it did to me and what it often does to retailers too. Now, I understand that this is an example from an online service-based business, but this happens in all businesses, including retail. So stop undervaluing you. Stop undervaluing the experience you offer and your expertise. All retailers have expertise, whether you realize it or not. Setting boundaries in our businesses is extremely important. And pricing is actually an example of a boundary. So my boundary is now telling retailers, if you're in this, you're really in this because now the lab is a yearly membership, not month to month. You take your business as seriously as I take mine. My boundary is now telling retailers that there is serious value in the lab, and there is. It's everything I wish someone would have offered me when I started. It can shave years off your journey, all while giving you access to an incredible community of fellow shopkeepers. Kind, respectful, supportive, helpful. And this year, the value in the lab will be increasing even more. And I have so much to share on this, but I'm saving that for later. My boundary is now telling retailers and myself that my time, my effort, and my expertise is worth something. I haven't dedicated countless hours in six years to Savvy Shopkeeper for nothing. I can be helpful and charge its worth at the same time. My boundary is now telling retailers that if you're ready to boss up, show up, and do the work, this membership is for you. And if you do, you can work less, profit more, and grow. My boundary is now telling big brands, and again, I won't name them, that if you want to do market research, if you listen to this podcast and you want more, then hire me or partner with me. Again, my time and my expertise is worth something. My boundary is now validating that what I preach, I practice. I am walking the walk and I am talking the talk. I just got goosebumps saying that, so I know I'm on the right track. If I circle back to the beginning of this episode, I mentioned one of my values. I spent some time working on this at the beginning of 2022. 
setting values for Savvy Shopkeeper, for the business, for me, for my customers. It's my North Star of sorts. And maybe I'll do an episode on this topic too, because I think all businesses can can do this. And it really gives you a good sense of your purpose and your why. Nevertheless, one of my five core values is to empower shopkeepers to value themselves, their businesses, and their zone of genius so that they can profit and pay themselves. And I hope this episode does just that. If it's time for you to raise your prices, go raise them confidently. I hope this podcast episode has helped you to realize that it is more than okay and that it might take a little bit of work, whether it's in your mind or whether it's in your inventory systems, wherever it may be. But I hope this podcast episode empowers you to do that. To see the show notes to this episode, visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 114. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 114. Until the next episode, and it's going to be a fun one, be savvy and boss up. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.